Just a short prayer before the reading. Heavenly Father, thank you for the richness of the blessings we receive through the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the joy we feel today in celebrating his birth in Bethlehem. Thank you too for the opportunity to hear your word and for the inspiration it provides to us. Amen. Our reading is uh, Luke chapter 8, verses 1 to 21. If you could please turn to page 832 in your pew Bible. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem in the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you for that, and please keep your Bibles open. Well, in case we haven't met, my name is David, I'm the minister here, and it's great to celebrate Christmas with you this morning. Uh, And as we begin, I want to go back about eight years ago. Um, I'm not sure whether you remember this. It was a worldwide event. Uh, Everyone uh, was listening out, waiting for the great news uh, in 2014. In fact, on the 22nd of July, London Eye started flashing uh, in the colours of red, white and blue. The Niagara Falls was lit up blue and the BT Tower in London illuminated with the words. Uh, Do you know what the words were? It's a boy. It's a boy. And as you would expect, there was great celebration. Church bells rang, union jacks were raised, gun salutes thundered from the Tower of London. Uh, thousands have been waiting uh, outside of Buckingham Palace. Despite the soaring temperature, despite the crowds, they waited for the news. And at 4.24 p.m., 
uh, Prince George of Cambridge was born. Uh, what a fitting welcome for a prince, the future king of England. And it's a great reason uh, to celebrate, isn't it, uh, for any baby that is born, let alone the future king of Australia. Uh, it's good news, good news that brings great joy. And in a similar way, when Jesus was born, some 2,000 years ago, it was good news too. Uh, even though there wasn't a big celebration, no synagogue bells rang, no flags were raised, no guns were fired, yet it was a remarkable day, a day that we continue to celebrate even today. In fact, back then, uh, it was such a non-event though, a, a non-event that hardly anyone knew about it. Uh, the people on the streets didn't know about it. Uh, most people weren't even waiting or expecting for the birth of this king. Uh, the who's who of Jerusalem didn't know about it. Even King Herod didn't know about it. But in the middle of the night, something remarkable happened. So David Ashton just read our, uh, the, uh, the, the Christmas story to us. And we're going to just focus on a couple of the verses, verse 10 and 11. Uh, a particular event in this story uh, where the angels appear uh, to some shepherds. Uh, and so in the region of Bethlehem, just a few kilometers out of Jerusalem, some shepherds were out in the fields, attending uh, their flock, keeping watch over their sheep, minding their own business, when suddenly an angel appears before them. Now, as you can imagine, if, a, if an angel appeared right here, right now, we'd be terrified, wouldn't we? We'd be shaking, we'd be wondering what is going on, who, well, what is this being, who, who is this? And so these shepherds on the field, minding their own business, would have been terrified in the middle of the night. Some bright light possibly, an angel appears. And so immediately the angel knows that these shepherds are fearful, are terrified. And so immediately the angel says to them in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, don't be afraid. That, that's what you'd want to hear, wouldn't you? If, if some being a peace miraculously, the first words they say to you are soothing words, are comforting words. Don't be afraid. And what do they say after that? I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Now, now what, what's this good news? In the case of the birth of Prince George, it's the birth of not just anybody, but a prince, the future king. And in the case of the birth of Jesus, well, what's, what's the good news there? Well, it wasn't just the birth of any prince, it was the birth of the long-awaited promised Messiah that God had promised many years ago, who would come to save the world. And so the angel continues in verse 11. Please have a look at it with me. It's on the screen as well. Today in the town of David, that is King David of old, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, that is the promised king, the Lord. Now when, when George was born, a prince of England was born. But what, and so what does that mean? That means that one day he'll be the king of the United Kingdom. But when Jesus was born, who was born? Well, a saviour was born, a messiah, the Lord was born. But what does that mean? What does it mean to, be, uh, to have Jesus as your saviour? 
What does it mean for Jesus to be the Messiah? Well, let's explore those two ideas briefly. So the first, well, what's a saviour? Well, a saviour is someone who saves. Uh, let me illustrate with a true story uh, that I read about a few years ago. It's about a young sailor. Now, this young sailor, uh, uh, the, the article didn't tell us his name, so let's just call him John for convenience. Now, John's, uh, we're told, he's 19 years old. Uh, he's a sailor on the HMS uh, Diamond Warship, uh, a British warship. And so he's obviously young and fit, an able sim- swimmer, a love of the sea. But a few nights just before Christmas in 2010, uh, he's on duty. But somehow he falls off this warship and into the sea. Uh, but thankfully, uh, even though it was 2.30 a.m., uh, there were other sailors on deck. And so they call out for help. Now, now it might, have, might not sound too bad for you, but a sailor, uh, an able swimmer, a fit young gentleman, uh, falls into the open sea. Surely it won't be too bad, but the reality is that around Christmas time in England, it's freezing. In fact, the water is close to zero. Uh, but thankfully, because other naval officers were around, they called for help, and about five minutes later, a police launch boat is on the scene. Uh, they get there, they turn off their engine, they lower the platform so that John can get on board, right? But he doesn't move. He doesn't move, he doesn't pull himself in, he doesn't save himself. And so they decide to throw him a rope. But then he still doesn't move. He doesn't pull on the rope, he doesn't save himself. No response, nothing happens. And so what's going on? Well, the police commander said this, John had no strength and hypothermia was not far off. So he was unable to assist himself at all. Uh, You you see, John didn't grab the platform to pull himself in. Uh, John didn't grab the rope to save himself, not because he didn't want to, but because he was unable to. And and so what did the rescuers do? Well, one of the police officers, he takes off his life jacket. He he jumps into the freezing water. He goes to John and pulls him in. He, He saves John. He saves his life. This police officer is a saviour. John was in need of a saviour. Now, in a similar way, the Bible tells us that we're all like John. We all need saving. Not because we're in freezing ice water, not because we might be drowning in the Atlantic Ocean. We all need saving from something far more serious and that is from sin and death. You see, as much as we hate to admit it, we don't live the life God created us to live. We don't love him with our whole heart, soul, mind and strength. We don't love each other as ourselves. And as much as we hate thinking about death, the wages of our sin is death. But that's why we need saving. We need someone to save us from death and sin. And Jesus is the only person who can do that. That's why Jesus came on the very first Christmas. That's why we celebrate Christmas, because Jesus came into this world to save you and me from sin and death. And he did that by living the life we can't 
and dying the death we deserve. He lived the good and perfect life of obedience to God and died the innocent death in our place. You see, all our lives we've given, as it were, the captain the finger. Uh, we've told him that we don't want to live his way, we want to live our way. We don't want to obey his rules, we want to make the rules. And so we've abandoned ship. Uh, we're floating in the freezing water, as it were, unable to move, unable to save ourselves, unable to pull ourselves in. And so we all need a saviour. A saviour like the police officer who would risk his own life, jump into the freezing water to pull us in. Now, the police officer could have died. He could have jumped into the freezing water and with the shock of the freezing water, he could have drowned and died along with John. But when Jesus jumped into the sea, as it were, into this world of sin and death, Jesus didn't just risk his life, he gave his life. He jumped into this world knowing that he will die. But he jumped in anyway. And he did that because he wants to save you and me. He did that because he loves us. And he wants to save us from death and sin. And so my question for you this morning is, Will you let Jesus save you? Is Jesus your saviour? And if you're still unsure and you have questions, then let me encourage you to ask those questions, particularly those who invited you to church this morning. Or you could keep coming back to church, ask me about it, or one of the leaders that you've seen up on the stage. Because having Jesus as your saviour is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. To be saved from sin and death. To have eternal life with God forever. But maybe you've been coming to church week on, week out. Maybe you have already made that decision to have Jesus as your saviour. And if that's the case, then praise God. That's wonderful. And so then I'll need to ask you the next question, which is what the angel also says about Jesus. Because if Jesus is your saviour, then he must also be your Lord, your Messiah, your King. Uh, have a look again at what the angels say to the shepherds. Verse 11, Today in the town of David a saviour has been born to you. And who is this saviour who saves us from sin and death? He is the Messiah, the promised King, the Lord. You see, we're not saved to keep living lives for ourselves, keep doing what we want when we want, keep living in the freezing waters, as it were. We're saved to live for God, to live in his ship, as it were. And that means obeying Jesus. It means listening to him as our King, and the way we know what he wants us to do is by reading his word. That's how we can know how to obey Jesus, by reading his word, by coming together as God's people. You see, Jesus didn't just come to save us from our sins. He came as God's appointed ruler to judge the living and the dead, to rule over everything that has been made. And at the end of the day, we'll all meet Jesus as our judge. We'll all give him 
an account of our lives for the way we've lived, for the things we've done, for the thoughts we've had. That's why it's so important to know Jesus as our personal saviour, because if he's our saviour, then we'll be free from his judgment. We'll be forgiven, and Christmas can be good news of great joy for us, because every lie we've said, forgiven. Every awful deed we've done, pardon. Every awful thought we've had, washed away. But the flip side's also true, because if Jesus isn't our saviour, and he isn't the king we obey in our lives, then we'll find ourselves under his judgment. And Christmas will be bad news of no joy for us. Not only because we'll one day face his judgment, but because right now we'll miss out on serving our servant king who came to lay down his life for us. So friends, why not make this Christmas the best Christmas ever? And that might mean for you asking Jesus to be your saviour for the first time, to forgive you of all your sins, or maybe for you it might be to ask Jesus for help, to obey him as your king every day of your lives. Well, friends, Christmas is about Jesus who came to save us and to be our King. Merry Christmas.